You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, everyone. This is Sarah Box, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. And thanks again for joining us for another great interview this week. And we're going to be joined by Lori Spagna. Spagna? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let me tell you a short little bit about Lori. She's very diverse. So this is, consider this your reader's digest version of Lori's bio. But Lori is a best-selling author. She's a speaker, an ascension guide multi-dimensional channel, intuitive, DNA activator, animal communicator, energy healer, visionary, light worker, and starseed. So each of those could be a separate conversation or <laughs> multiple conversations. Um, but Lori provides on-air healings, reading, and guidance, as well as starseed and light worker intel from the fifth dimension through the 12th dimension, via channeled information from non-physical realm and also from our beloved animal companions. Ah, that is my heart right there, Lori. Mm. Um, and the bonus of all the, the work that Lori does and has been doing is that she has actually transformed thousands of lives, both human and animal lives over the years. So I'm going to ask Lori about the whole, the deep and spiritual bond between humans and animals today. Um, and with that, let's welcome Lori Spagna officially to the podcast. Hi, Sarah. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited about our time together. Well, it took a bit to get coordinated, and I'm really <laughs> excited to have you here. Lori is a super busy person, um, <laughs> but I like to start by asking all of our guests whether there's something they do every day or regularly that keeps them living their true purpose and calling. So for you, Lori, is there something? Oh yeah. There, I have certain like practices and they're not like scheduled necessarily. They're just automatic for me. There's always quiet time with always everyday quiet time with usually outside in nature with no technology around me sitting on the earth and walking or playing with my dog or, um, you know, on the beach or swimming. I love swimming, might even be outside dancing or whatever I can do outside. I love in nature and ideally preferentially, like not near any people or even as much as I can get away from sound, artificial sounds. Every day I do that, even if it's at nighttime, a lot of times I have to do it at night. Also, almost every day I do some form of healing, which is energy. Like med it involves meditative state. So I'm always doing meditation on a regular basis, sometimes, oftentimes more than once a day. And that involves some form of healing. And when I talk about healing, I'm not talking about necessarily on the physical body, although it has effects on the physical body. I'm talking about some form of shift in energy that assists me or whomever I'm working with, but always me too, in becoming more aligned with love more aligned with happiness, more aligned with health and well-being, mental, emotional, energetic, spiritual, um, and energy, some form of energy work that's either clearing, and it might be a clearing or a transmuting of an old thought or old belief that no longer is really no longer true, but maybe I believed it at some point, or changing some way behaviorally that it might be. So those are every day without, yeah, I don't miss pretty much don't miss a day. And then there's some other little practices too. Like I'll just practice gratitude. I don't do that as often, but when I'm walking my dog, I do try to contemplate like the things I'm grateful for. Sometimes I'll involve that with journaling too, you know, just writing it down because not just things, but just experiences, you know, just whatever it might be. So I try to really actively include that too, but that's long Sorry. Oh, I love it. I, when yeah. you said that, it made me think last night we were out with my sister and she's recovering from some health stuff. And I'm waiting for her to get out of the car. We took her to her place, her house. 
and she's slow. I mean, she's slow and it's really, really cold out. And then mm. I started thinking, I thought, okay, wait, shift that sister, just mm. stop it. And I took a breath in and I thought, God, how that is so miraculous, like how cold the breath is and how warm I am. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but honestly, and that's, and she's going, I'm sorry, I'm going quick. I says, take your time. Cause all of a sudden I'm going, man, this is magnificent. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But just that gratitude and thinking, and that I can take a full breath, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, cause that's not true of everybody. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. And I, I love that you value solitude and your dogs. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. okay. Can you, yeah, I think that, that solitude's a big deal. If people yeah. can, can feel good with yourself, then you'll always have the best company. Right. Well, you won't be lonely. (laughs) You know, it's like you you always got your friend with you. Um, Can you share a bit about how you found your gifts? I mean, what you do a variety of, Mm. I don't want to make them sound small, but modalities, let's say. But how did you even come to know that you were gifted in that area? Yeah, it's a great question. What happened was, first of all, gifts grow over time. Gifts are unlocked and awakened from within us. And we kind of claim those gifts as we more align with our own divine source, which is, you know, source, creator, God, love, the quantum field of divine intelligence, however you want to refer to that. So as we come into alignment with these higher um, frequencies or pure frequencies, the gifts are revealed to us through us. And they're also um, developed through true service, not service to your own detriment necessarily. Although there were times I did that, (laughs) but more gifts were revealed as I realized, Oh, for the most benevolent, best of all, including self. Right. So that's how gifts are cultivated for me personally. It initially started with the death of my brother, which was an unexpected drug overdose. And I started getting messages in from him, from the non-physical. And it took me about a whole year just to work with that, just to realize like, okay, I'm not making this up. This is my brother talking to me. And now that I am no longer confused that it's him, that was like a whole year. What is he trying to say to me? Like, what's the point? Like, well, maybe I should start paying attention to what he's saying, not just if it's real. So that's where it started. But then it became, it very quickly blossomed into the animals. I could hear the animals and get messages from them, even visuals and sensory clues from them. And then they were saying, they would teach me if I learned to become a willing student in a sense, listen and watch and learn from them in the sort of the non-physical ways that they have to share. And then it continued to blossom. I got into the healing arts. I started becoming a healer and working with the healing gifts for animals and their humans just kept skyrocketing. Like the, the, cause I kept following it from a place of, I love this. It's making a difference. I'm helping others. So it's real service. And every time I would try to help someone, I would continually remind myself, this is not about me. This is about them. What, what must I do for them? And by allowing God's will, I use the word God, source, creator, one true, whatever you identify, the will of love to come through, the will of wisdom, divine wisdom to come through and serve the other. That's how it developed. And it just will keep blossoming because we have unlimited gifts within us. So, and I'm, I know this has been a while for you, but maybe if it, you can think about someone you've worked with, but when you first started recognizing those gifts and going through that year, getting the hellos from your brother and going, Oh, okay. I get this. Did you have particular challenges you had to overcome? <laughs> yes. First of all, one of the biggest challenges initially that you start facing, anyone does, and people know this, people will relate, is the, is the pressure from the external world, the people around you. So that pressure shows up as you're being called kind of crazy or ridiculous, or you know, you're told not to talk about it. I mean, my husband divorced me. That was definitely a big part of it. Like my family was not interested in it. And I definitely, like all of the friends from that year, they're really not in my life anymore. Like I don't know those people anymore because that, that old you is going away who lives in a society that's based only in what we call the physical, like the third dimensional reality, the physical world, and nothing beyond that is real. And those people, if they can't 
like adapt and expand to to your changing, which is my changing in this storyline. If they can't handle it, they start to sort of become not in your life anymore. So those are the initial challenges. But then once you start getting into it, the harder challenges are, oh my goodness, being an empath and a sensitive because you become more sensitive to everything and how to navigate the world when like everything you feel feels bad and everybody's energy is kind of like pushing up against you. And now you're expanding your boundary in a sense because you're becoming more of the wholeness of who you are and you're intersecting and interacting with other people's energy fields and their animals. And I mean, I'd go into, you know, any like hospitals feel horrible to be in there and, and, and certain places that are, you know, um, kind of controlled by more old stuff, like, you know, government offices, those places, I just couldn't go in them the first, the year after that. It was just, so that's all really hard. And people don't understand that kind of sensitivity. People don't understand like, oh, like repetitive tapping can be just so just pulling on your energy field or someone who bounces their knee up and down. It's like, you can't see that. You can't be, because it's just pulling. Everything becomes an energy pull until you start to learn how to level up in that, right? So, I mean, I could go on. It's all very, very challenging for a long time. And not, then e- when, not an easy journey. Well, no, it doesn't sound easy in the least. It sounds worth entirely it. worthwhile. That's what I was going to say. Worth it. You know? um, yeah, because the, and then the other part is when you start coming into the realization that... Um, I need to get my dog. She's in her crate and she's just she's okay. But so the other part of the, no, she's a very tenacious dog. And she's letting me know it's time for her to come out. But so the other part of it that becomes extremely challenging is when you start realizing you get to a certain point where you start realizing everything in your reality is a reflection of self. That's not easy for people to understand. So then you have to start sort of dissecting, Whose is this? What's going on here? That's like, that's like you're passing through the mental plane of existence. And then, you know, you have to pass through an emotional plane of existence too. Like these are just challenges that we face along the journey of coming into alignment with our divinity. On the mental plane, somebody calls you names and you're wondering who is it, but really it's yourself and your own unconscious. You know, someone's mean to you and you have to start learning how to be nicer to yourself. Right? It's not about the external world as you start coming into the oneness. Does this make sense? Then on the emotional pain, like everything on the emotional plane of existence, all the emotional issues, the pain and suffering of the emotional experience, like things that hurt you, things that are upsetting to you, things that are problematic, like you have to start processing through all that. And right now, humanity is, is going through that just, just barely. They haven't even dipped their toe in the water yet as a collective. So these are all challenges we're facing. I just went through them a little earlier. That's how I feel. I want to ask you, test an assumption with you based on something you said. So you talked about how um, someone can call you a name and you have to learn to work through that because it's something you're putting or receiving, right? Like out there back at you. So I would also, I'm kind of thinking about this in a math equation, right? So here's this event. And but I bet there's a whole bunch of other events going on. I'll use myself around me that for someone else would be painful or hurtful, but because they're not triggers for me, I don't even see them. Is that right? That means you in this or some other lifetime, if you're willing to go there, I am already worked through that. It's not your trigger. So it's just not yours. It's not an issue for you. I got my own. (laughs) We all do. There's no one who's exclusive from this, like excluded from this experience. So, um, yeah, the only exception I found to this, there's just one kind of exception that is a big, um, you know, area. And that that's the area of like karmic residue, what I call karmic residue. So karmic residue sort of overrides in its own way, because it's upheld by what we call laws of karma, which are upheld by universal laws. It's a sort of a sub-law. So karma is being essentially eradicated from our planet, but it's not happening overnight. There is still cause and effect that lingers and interacts, like inter, interacts with that. And so those things will kind of 
they sort of fall a little bit outside of the box of what we've just said, because that's stuff you can't, that's unavoidable in a sense. You have to work through it. It's like you made contracts or agreements with your own source, your own self to resolve certain issues that were unresolved for you in some other time, space, reality, or parallel reality or life. So interesting. Um, so, and I, and you started to talk about like the pandemic and us being kind of holed up quote unquote and the changes. And before we went live, we were talking a little bit about that. I've noticed that also that um, the people are more sensitive to crowds, to noise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I've had a really good friend. She goes, I love music, but honestly, I'm not so much about live concerts right now. I just can't deal with all the energy, right? The people. And she's very outgoing. She loves people, right? She goes, ah, that's too many now, you know? And, right. um, and that's also a number, just people have made lifestyle shifts based on that because yeah. they got a timeout. Well, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, part of it definitely is that we're becoming more sensitive. It's a major okay. part because there's new energies that are, that we're just, uh, this is like a long conversation, right? But there's new energies basically coming into the planet, into our galaxy that we didn't have before. At the same time, this 5G grid that's going up is really messing with people. So the need to restabilize and rebalance because of the technological interference is, is also added to this need to be alone and need to have space. So I would say both of those things are, are part of that. Yeah. But the other thing I would say too, is that humanity is being asked, and this will continue to escalate without question, to reclaim dominion as personal authorities. Say more so about that. Our power. Okay. We've been giving our power away to external authorities who are profiting and benefiting to the individual and the collective's harm and detriment. And these external authority figures, whether they're talking heads on TV, whether it's the media itself, whether it's bankers, whether it's government officials, it doesn't matter. Whether it's, it could be religious clergy, where, you know, I, I, you know it, it could be anyone. Where we've given our, especially people in positions of leadership and authority, where we've given our power and dominion over them, like Big Pharma, another example, where we're letting them become the dictators of our experience. And we are suffering because of it. People are being, for lack of a better word, forced to look at that. And this will continue to escalate until people start to realize the realm of change is not without me. It is not external. This external world will only change, really, when I change from within. As I reclaim dominion over my own, as a sovereign being, over my mind, over my emotions, over my physical health and well-being, over the love and joy and happiness that I have access to from within, as we reclaim that, and over my ability to care, to be a kind, caring person. I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're without that on planet Earth right now, that's just not a very good place to be. So these changes are going to happen internally. And as we make those changes internally to choose who do we want to be? I mean, how do you want to define yourself? You know, like how, what behaviors, cause you can get away with a lot of stuff that doesn't make you a good person right. or a person who feels good about yourself. Like you have to be, to be in, in integrity, to make a choice. I'm going to act and behave in a way that is good and right. According to what I know, what I feel is kind and loving and compassionate and caring and honest because I can, I'm going to choose a path of forgiveness of whoever these external authorities are who are doing wrongness, so to speak, or choose a higher path, whatever it is, however it applies. That's the challenge for humanity right now. But it also means not to be a doormat, not to just surrender to the mediocrity, the mediocrity of life that would allow us to be treated poorly 
or to be harmed or for detriment to come to us or our fellow humans, because that has to be changed too. So that there are behavioral changes that we make as well as internal changes. Those that you're speaking about all are um, rely on self, right? We can't be lazy. We can't say, well, I'm waiting for them, whoever them is or whatever to tell yes. me. We have to be, we have to take action on our own behalf because that's what's, if I'm understanding you, because that's what's ultimately going to benefit the external yes. through my own responsibility to self and my own growth and ascension. Yes. And, but it is a kind of uh, community. There is, right. will be more community. So let's say there are parents who don't want to send their kids to the old school system for whatever reason. Those parents can come together and join together to create some sort of homeschooling where they all share in expenses, responsibilities. Maybe they hire a teacher to be there. You know what I mean? So it's, there is community involved. But it's we're taking responsibility for our needs and we're no longer relying on an external authority figure or school system to do it for us. Since that system no longer supports our most benevolent best in this example. I love that. Um, and no, there are examples of that already. People saying, hmm, we've got a different way of doing this. Right. right. I mean, so another great Sorry. No, you go. You go. Another great example is healthcare, right? When healthcare starts forcing people to take something into their bodies that the person themselves knows for themselves, this is not for my most benevolent best. I cannot be forced to do something to my body that I perceive could be harmful or detrimental to me so that maybe some big pharmaceutical company could profit or maybe some whatever doctor, I don't know what the system I mean, I do know what, but in the example, right? You're giving an example. In this example, that if someone's being forced to do something that they perceive could be bodily harm long term to them, or even any way, they can then say, "I'm going to find alternative health options which feel more aligned," and that could be outside of the mainstream. The challenge for humans right now this is the biggest leap is that most humans are walking a path that I call a path of a shadow. They just can't see. So you're like, I don't have any other choice. It's either choice A or choice B. I either have to take this or get fired. I either have to do this or be stuck home. I either have to do this or like they're being pushed into limited boxes because that old paradigm is so limiting and they don't see, they can't perceive because they haven't played in this field of potential of the unlimited potentials that are available to them. So the challenge is when they can only see this or that. And I mean, the, you know, something it's better realistic. is outside the periphery. Yeah, it's black and white thinking. Right. And, and, and our, our, our system is setting us up for that. Black and white thinking, listen to your authority figures, do this or else. And so that system, that structure of control is not serving the collective anymore. And it will become more evident in the year ahead of how harmful it is. But there's always better solution. And that is what's gonna come from your connection with your divinity, your source, your God, or the quantum field, quantum field of infinite potential. And that's what we have. To, so you can say, I do not know what else could be better, but show me, show me what's better than this and let it meet my needs for A, B, and C. Let it pay my rent, like a better job, or let it pay my rent, and this and something greater. So we have to open up, and we have to recognize that, I mean, just the universal law of cause and effect alone, you ask a question like that to the universe. Show me what could be better than A or B. Those two choices don't work for me. What could be better for me? that is for my most benevolent best, that is possible for me, that is affordable to me, show me. Thank you, always gratitude, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for what's about to come that I don't even know at this moment. That's how new potentials are built. And that's what we have to shift into now because this old system is just, yeah. And then staying receptive to what comes. Yes. Because I can see someone going, well, no, I didn't want that choice either. <laughs> but that's okay. Then you say, thank you. Not exactly. Let me be more clear. Thank you so much. Thank you for showing me something else was possible. And yet, I think we could do better. 
Because the universe is always asking you how much greatness, not just the universe, it is if you're if you're a spiritual person, which I am, that infinite source of love is wanting for us to be happy and fulfilled. So it's asking us, how much more can you get? If I give you an inch, can you will you be more even are you willing to get even more? Because I'll give you just this much to see. Maybe that I could give you more, but that's right now at your field. That's what you're revealing you could have. But expand into even more. And always, it's so important for us to realize that it has to always be with harm to none. It's n- the new field is not working well to give you something to harm another. The old field does that. But the new field of infinite potential is asking us to level up for the greater good of all, including self, harm to none, including self, including all, right? That's so, so powerful. This is for us. Yeah. So let's, let's switch just a little bit because I'm curious um, about this. I know it's still in the field of what we're talking about, but what role do animals play in the awakening and that whole process? Mm. Well, the animal kingdom are, as all members of the animal kingdom, in a sense, are messengers of the divine. And they're also healers of the divine. Now that's a spiritual perspective, but if you just look at, even from a scientific perspective, the animals are not, and I'm talking about um, more like quantum science, because like that Newtonian science is going away. That will over the coming years become a thing of our past. But from quantum science perspective, what they are is basically ultimate empaths, ultimate sensitives, so they, and they, they, they're sponges, what I call psychic sponges. So they, they're so pure in their own fields of energy, essentially their own field of consciousness that they will absorb what's around them in a sense, energetically to kind of heal and resolve it because they have that ability for the most part. So an animal companion living with their human is absorbing the energy that the human is embodying. So if it's stress, if it's anxiety, if it's tension, if it's fear, if it's worry, the animal will take that on. And ultimately it can often show up as a dis-ease, right? But that's just the downside of it. But it's a way that from the animal perspective, they're healing their human and helping their human to become more peaceful, happy, and fulfilled. Now, from a telepathic point of view, animals communicate on a theta brainwave frequency. So we right now are communicating on a beta brainwave frequency for the most part. So humans don't, don't, most humans are not trained to access that beta brainwave. If we get trained, we can learn, but we can have telepathic exchange and the animals have great wisdom, great wisdom and knowledge, typically simple, not that like earth shattering, although sometimes it is, sometimes it really is, especially if you're talking about you know, animals that have really large brains, like elephants, whales, even dolphins, for sure, like that, that realm, um, they have great wisdom. But some of the animals is very simple wisdom that we've forgotten. You know, like, you know, uh, especially if you, you know, like a lot of birds, you know, be light, be more etheric, trust, trust that the lightness will lift you up. You know, that's a lot of the messages of the birds to teach us trust in the light. Trust in the lightness of your being. Trust what feels uplifting to you. Know that that which uplifts you will be good for you. I mean, that's so simple and yet so profound from birds. Cows are all about like becoming better mothers, mothers to the earth, stewards of the earth, mothers to your own children, to your own inner child. They have so much knowledge and wisdom in that area. So, and then the animal companions know all about, they know all your secrets. So they know what you're, you know, not from a, Sneak, you know, they just know what the humans, their human is thinking. They know what their human is feeling. And so if you open up to telepathic communication and dialogue with them and understand the energy fields that they're working with, they can share and teach their human, share with their human, what their human has to transmute or change. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And um, I'm curious, you know, you talked about like the animal kind of absorbing all the energy, right? And the animal companions and that it can even cause disease in them. And I'm wondering, how do you communicate in a way, or can you share that um, in a way that lessens when someone's under stress or ill 
from the companion taking almost like, can you do an intervention? This is mine. It's not yours. Don't pick it up. I'm well, okay. um, you can do it. That's what a, a really good healer can do that. However, you also have to understand the sacred contracts involved. And that's that fuzzy area. Because sacred contracts between an animal and an animal's human may involve like this human is meant to learn X, Y, Z or resolve X, Y, Z. And the animal becomes the teacher. So until the animal, in a sense, understands that the human has learned and resolved this, the animal is under sacred contract. So it's not as simple, okay. but this is the, this is the, this is the realm of healers. And this is why healers who also are animal communicators are, which I am so amazingly gifted. The challenge is that we, we are learning as we go, you know, we're developing these gifts and all the ways we talked about in the earlier part of our call. So it's not something that happens overnight. And one of the big challenges when you talk about like an intervention, so to speak, is that society unfortunately, is not is trained to, to distrust these arts, these healing arts. Society is taught that, you know, take a pill and call me in the morning and you'll feel better, which, okay, an aspirin does that, but it's just a Band-Aid. It doesn't solve the problem. A shot of cortisol will do that, but it's just a Band-Aid. So because society is taught for instant and immediate gratification in this area, they don't understand that this could take five hours or seven hours. And so typically the person involved is trained to like put your money to the doctor rather than get to this root issue, this root issue. And this root issue does not exist most of the time on the physical plane. In the doctor, which we never go contrary to the doctor. It's just that we, we, we understand the doctor's addressing only the physical plane. So what needs to be addressed on the physical plane is up to the doctor. But all those other planes of energy of emotion, of mental state, of spiritual state, all that stuff, sacred contracts of divine messengers fulfilling their role, that's up to the spiritual healer and however good or evolved they are with their gifts. So what happens to our companions when they're no longer with us? Do they so at when they die, do does the communication continue? Are the contracts there? The communication continues. The contracts are are for the most part resolved. That's for okay. the most part. They're resolved either successfully or unsuccessfully. If they're unsuccessful, typically another animal will come in. You hear stories like a person adopted an animal and the animal died of XYZ and the next animal had the same issue, but they're completely unrelated animals, no genetics. That's a perfect example of that. That means a contract was not successfully resolved with the first animal. So the second animal comes in the same way. But what happens is they transition much in the same way we do. However, animals don't typically build up what we call karmic residue. They don't have any of that stuff to work through in the non-physical. So they might have a life review in the way that we do. Most of them do because they're still spiritual conscious being. They are sentient beings. They want humanity to wake up to that. And they are worthy and deserving of love and kindness, just like we are. Care and respect, honor, dignity, all of that. So they might have some kind of life review, but for the most part, they're able to clear what we do call clear the fourth dimensional reality or that non-physical space, which even religion might call purgatory, some religions. So they can clear that space very quickly. They can reunify with higher realms of their what their collectives are, their family, soul family, which is not limited to other animals necessarily. And they make a new choice, a reincarnation choice. And that can happen very quickly. However, in some cases with the animals, their contracts continue, especially with very strong bonds with humans. So in a case where the bonds are extremely strong, they typically will linger longer as a guide to the human in the non-physical for some time. And they may choose to reincarnate again with the same human, however, in a very evolved state, advanced. In other words, they've made great inroads and progress, and now they want to come back and do new things, more things or help that human evolve in newer ways. That's so powerful. If only we knew. Well, it's- If only humanity knew this stuff because we would be in such, I believe, 
And I'm like, I've been wanting to say this out loud for so long, like in the media, I've been wanting to do like a video. See, I believe that personal development and spiritual development are the same. But our, our society is so wounded in the, in the realms of spiritual. We're so wounded because either religion and religious dogma has limited us to one single path, or it's been very infiltrated by various egos along its eternal journey. So religious dogma, religious teachings have just narrowed or just interfered, whatever, you know. So now you have this whole other realm that was like created as an offshoot, which is I only follow science. That's how my husband was, my ex-husband. I only follow science. And if it's not proven, it doesn't, it doesn't real. Well, that's its own. See, this is the wounds. So now, okay, so now you're allowed to do personal development. If you're a little progressed, you'll do personal development. But everything in personal development is already being taught in spiritual development. But if you're being blinded by one of those other areas, it's like you can't see it. And the spiritual development is so much more progressed than in general, this, the personal development that ex- tries to exclude the spiritual aspect or only limited to, to these little bits of like niceties. Oh, there's angels around. Well, there are angels around, but it's so much more than that. It's, so You're right though. And I think, pe- but people get uncomfortable. So you think about that conversation in a work setting, right? So you can talk about personal development, but right. ultimately- if we heal at our core spiritually or connect and do the work, it makes all the rest of it much easier. Yes. But um, beyond easier, it improves the quality of life in all areas of life so magnificently beyond measure. Which Everything. doesn't means it doesn't work because you can't measure it. There's no metric. Well, you can measure it, but it's like, I'll give you an example in my own personal life last year when, or was it 2020 when the COVID thing first broke out, I could see the whole landscape. I'm psychic enough. I'm aware enough. I saw the whole thing. I said, I'm not interested in this game. I'm just not interested. I understand it has to play out. I understand how it's going to serve humanity to evolve. I'd rather be of service but not from getting entangled in it from being a demonstration of how to do it right, so to speak, or well, I packed everything up. I went on the road. I traveled for a year and a half cross country. I went all the way from Florida up to Northern California and back to Florida in the year and a half. I spent a good period of that time in Sedona. I never had a single issue. I I really didn't wear a mask. I am not, I'm, I'm, I'm the epitome of health. I didn't. I haven't needed a pharmaceutical drug in 20 years. Do you know what I mean? I don't get sick, and when I do get sick, like or when I have gotten sick in the past, it's like just a common cold, gone in three days. So, and that hasn't happened to me in over two years. So, my point is, is you don't have to have the experience that the collective has just because the collective is going through it. You can live it in your own way. And for me, that was the best quality of life I could have in that year as it relates to that example. And that's what the, that's the result of my inner work of understanding this, this, this physical dominion that's going on and what's happening on earth. And so I'm not saying that someone's wrong for what they're going through. And I'm certainly not without compassion because that's why I'm here to help. I'm just trying to demonstrate to people that when we go within, do the inner healing, the inner transformation, the quality of our personal life will expand so significantly. It is beyond measure because it changed my whole life for a whole year and a half in relation to, as an example, you know, a lot of the pain and suffering that was happening. And I want that for everybody, whatever's right for them, that for them to know that they can create their reality in, in ways that are good and right for them that improve the quality of their lives. I was just using that as one example that we could relate. That's a really good example though. Um, So in your um, book, well, actually I want to go back a little bit about the concepts of understanding. Um, Are there a couple of key concepts that like listeners today could take away and start applying from that? Yeah. I mean, oh, wow. 
Yeah, that's good. There's that a was a bit of a left turn, but I'm thinking, well, you know, this is a heavy conversation. And if someone's saying, okay, I want to at least start. What's a concept? Well, that okay. On? Some of the key concepts is first of all, um, let's just first note, you are a guardian. I consider myself a guardian race, one of the guardian races here for humanity. But you're a guardian of your mind, a guardian of your body, what goes into your body, either through your mouth or through your skin or through any opening, and you know, even into your eyes, what your ears, you're a guardian. So what you put into your eyes and ears and mouth and skin and body must be nourishing and helpful to you. That doesn't mean it has to be all love and light all the time or all positive because that's a form of resistance or denial, which is not healthy, but it means it has to be truth-based, fact-based and helpful, positively uplifting. So it can be uncomfortable to you, but if any part of it is making you extremely unhappy, sad, depressed, or fearful, it should not be taken in. You are a guardian. That does include mainstream media, but largely the, the news that is, that is toxic for the mental and emotional state, purely toxic and extremely unhealthy for humanity right now. So that's a thing you can stop doing right away. Like it includes horror movies and films that are highly violent. That is unhealthy for us. It is just, we don't realize how that's affecting us. So that's one basic thing. Start to become the guardian of your mind and of your body and make a genuine commitment to yourself out of self-love and self-care that you will only, to the best of your ability, put into your field, your field of consciousness, your awareness, that which serves you and supports you in ways that are uplifting and expansive. Doesn't mean it won't make you uncomfortable. Just means, you know, it makes you uncomfortable to do a cleanse sometimes and to choose to start drinking green juice, but uh, instead of, you know, soda. <laughs> okay, so that's one thing that everybody can start doing. The other thing is, Find space in your calendar every day for quiet time, no technology, and ideally um, couple it, but either or both with time in nature. If you can, depending on weather and climate, barefoot on the earth is great. It's called earthing. Mother Earth is the ultimate healer. But if you can't do barefoot, just time in nature, just as much as you can, breathe in air, fill up the lungs with air, breathe in air of gratitude. Thank you for this breath. I matter. I have a right to live. I have a right to exist. I have a right to take in the breath of life. This is basics. But if we start doing that and then learn, another thing is just proper breathing technique to really fill the body up with breath of love. And even the, you know, the old school is like, breathe in love, breathe out the crap. No, breathe in love, become love, exhale love all around you. You are the love. You are the peace. These are three basic little steps. And then the, start paying attention to where do you put your money? Every, every micro nanosecond, nano movement of choice towards the positive for you, is an upliftment for the whole of humanity. That is coming through channel. One being gets positively uplifted, the whole gets positively uplifted. So little micro changes like today, instead of popcorn, I'll choose kale chips or maybe not kale chips, but I'll choose something healthy. Today, I'm going to buy organic to say, I care about no more chemicals on the earth. Uh, today, I'm choosing non-GMO no genetically modified foods. I choose all natural, natural to me and my body and the earth. Those little changes today, rather than writing a scathing email, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just delete it and not respond and choose forgiveness and release. Those micro movements make magnificent changes. I mean, we don't, we don't realize how much change can happen from something so little. So that's a mouthful, Sarah. Well, I think what's great about it is they are micro. 
You don't have to do them all, but you can start with one and layer on another because yes. after a while they become, in, they're habitual. You don't even think yes. about it, right? You yes. go to the store and you look at a label and you go, that's in or no, we're not buying that. Right? That's right. But it comes in little pieces. So it's not all so overwhelming. And it's I think so true. that's so powerful. It's so true. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It has to be little steps at a time that get easier and easier. That's so true. Oh, Laura, you're so wise. Okay. So I have two questions for you. Mm -hmm. um, one is if you just take a short snapshot of all you've done to date, knowing that you're still growing and I'm sure you have much more you're going to bring to the planet anyway. Um, what's something that's been most gratifying or satisfying in your work? Well, I think Oh, wow, that's such a, such a good question. And I have to say there's so there's really so much. But I think the most gratifying, satisfying is, first of all, I when I know I've really helped people and animals. I, that in the most simplest term, like, I do a lot of um, gifted community webinars for people who are in my newsletter community. I do I do DNA activations for people, which, you know, we have codes in our DNA that are just solutions to all our issues. I, I love when I know I've done something that has made profound change for either one person, one animal, and especially for a collective. It makes me, and I know, especially because I'm, you know, I'm always, I'm serving the divine. That's my job. And I know when I've done good work because I always get like messages from my team in the non-physical or my collective because I'm members of so many collectives. Like I'm in the angelics, I'm in the ascended masters. Like we're all in there. We're just not all unified with ourselves in there. Right. But we're all in there. And I know because I'll get these beautiful, like just, I just get this most beautiful joy sent to me of gratitude from that so-called higher realms. Mm. So fulfilling. I hope that people are fun. actually watching you on this right now because you are just glowing. And if you're listening <laughs> to this, go over to YouTube and find the interview and come mm -hmm. towards the end and watch this last part. So <laughs> my last question for you is where do people connect with you? Because you do so much. So what's the best place? Mm -hmm. um, and then if I go there, is there something you want me to go find? Is there a yeah. resource or something? Oh, I love that you asked that. Well, the best place is my website, which is my name, Lori Spagna. It's L-O-R-I-S-P-A-G-N-A, lorispagna.com. There's lots of great free gifts there. So if you're an animal lover, you can go and you want to know about more about telepathy with animals and healing with animals and how to help animals. You can go to lorispagna.com forward slash free gifts forward slash animals. If you want to learn more about the guardian races, and it's a little out there, but it's great. It's a class and great content lauriespagna.com forward slash free gifts forward slash starseed. If you want to learn more about the DNA and activating your DNA, lauriespagna.com forward slash free gifts forward slash DNA. Tons of great content. And it's not just like superfluous junk. It's rich, juicy content. The other thing I would love to refer people to is, you know, if you're dealing with COVID related issues, one of the best things I can offer gifted for the community, for anyone, is to go to my YouTube channel at lauriespagna.com, or sorry, at YouTube, search Lori Spagna, my name, and just look for codes of immunity and imperviousness. There's a video there that's 20 minutes. It has a, it's like a very light meditation to activate your codes of immunity and imperviousness. Now, humans have these codes in our DNA, so do animals we can start to make ourselves immune and impervious to any and all viruses. And what it is, it involves us being free from fear and energetic entanglement. So it's almost like AM and FM, even though there's, they're overlapping, they don't overlap. So you're walking around the world and you know it's out there, but you can't overlap with that frequency. It's just not vibrationally compatible. And you become immune and impervious. And it's a beautiful thing to have. We all have it. So that's at the YouTube channel at um, Lori Spagna. You have to search for that. So and we'll put those happen. links in. Yeah. I figured you had stuff. And also, I know for me, when I hear all of this, I'm going to want to go to that person and say, I need more. I, you know, this was a nice little um, tidbit. 
but mm. now I'm hungry for more. So mm. I really like folks and we'll, and if you're listening or watching this and you're on something, this will be in the show notes, but if you're listening and exercising or something, just come back to the episode and read the show notes. We'll have all the links in there for Lori. Yeah. And can I say one other thing? If people Absolutely. do want to work with me personally, I don't really do one-on-one sessions anymore just because I, I want to serve as many people as I can. And so I, I know how to work with groups and we can get, you see how deep we can get in a short amount of time. Um, so I do these seven week or five week support groups and you can get a lot of one-on-one attention with me. And the next time we can do, you know, energy healing and clearing and work through any of your blocks. And of course, with your animals too, that stuff, that class is coming up um, in January, that next workshop or support group. And you can find that at the website, lauriespagna.com under the live events tab. Lori's got it happening. And because of that, she's tough to get on a show or an interview because she's a very busy woman. So Lori, <laughs> thank you for gifting us uh-huh. with your time today. Sarah, um, thank you so much. Yeah. And I agree with you on the more we can lift, the better we all get, which is why I really believe in no labels or no limits. Mm-hmm. Because once one person starts floating, we all get to float up. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And be sure if you share this episode with someone who you know would benefit from it or from anything Lori's doing, please share it with them. If you're not already, please follow us on LinkedIn, like this podcast or love us on YouTube, but stay connected so we can bring more great guests like Lori on the show. And until next week, keep busting through labels and limits so you can live your fullest, truest self connected to your source. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash No Labels, No Limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review, and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, Keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.